words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Thank you, Lord. First Kings chapter 19. From verse And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Lord. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. Talking about Elijah. And went to Beersheba, where he belonged, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under the broom tree. And he prayed, he might die, and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then he, then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Verse 7, And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too far for you. It's too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. I want to stop there. This is an account of Elijah, a man we are very familiar with, a man that is no ordinary prophet. But I want to begin first from the preceding chapters, chapter 17 and chapter 18. In chapter 17 and 18, we see exploits of Elijah. It was just incredible, the things that this man could do and the power of God. We could say that Elijah was supercharged. In 17, he came up and said to the king and said to him, there will not be rain on this land until I say so. He didn't say until God says so. He says until I declare it. If I don't say it, there will be a drought in the land. And like joke, there was no rain. And all of a sudden, Elijah became the most wanted man because Ahab started looking for him. How can this guy seize rain in my land and my people are dying? What's going on? And in chapter 18, there's, there's continue, Elijah became like the most wanted man, literally in the earth. The king was going from kingdom to kingdom looking for Elijah to kill him. And in chapter 18, Elijah showed up again. And then when he, while he was walking to the king, he saw the king's head of servant and said to him, where is, oh, I need to speak to Ahab. Go and tell him that Elijah is here. The guy was on fire. He wasn't afraid of anything. And he went to Ahab and said to him, look, 
Let's, do, let's, let's have a contest. Call all the prophets of Baal, 450 of them. And then I myself, I will set up my own altar. Let them set up their own altar. And let's see which God will answer by fire. So they called the prophets. You know, it sounded like a good deal. So he called all the prophets and then kept them on one side and then had altar of stone made and they started calling on their God. Elijah made mockery of them, asking them, no, 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 call more. It might be that he's sleeping. Keep calling Baal, keep calling him. It might answer, maybe at some point. And Elijah on his own end, after they've done all they could and didn't succeed, Elijah poured water and poured water on his own altar to prove that this is not a joke. The guy was just on fire. All of a sudden, the moment he started calling on God, fire came from heaven upon his own sacrifice. But guess what? Let's go to chapter 19. Something changed. The guy who was supercharged is now running for his life. Because a woman who is the wife of a king decided that he is going to eliminate him. The same guy who killed 450 men is running for his own life and the scripture says he ran all the way to the wilderness in verse 4 and he kept running at some point he was like Lord you know what just kill me why am I even alive you'll be amazed because there is a transition they're wondering what happened in the previous chapters and then at some point, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, Arise and eat. Why? Because at this point, Elijah was weak. He said to him, Arise and eat. He ate the first time. The angel came back again and said, Elijah, arise and eat again because the journey is too great for you. In other words, by your own strength, it is impossible to get to your destination. You can't do it. And in verse 8, Elijah arose and ate. He ate and drank. And the Bible says he went 40 days and 40 nights in the strength of that food. Up onto Mount Horeb. So this guy ate cake, drank water. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he was on the move. That was no ordinary cake and water. That was a provision from heaven. Life is a journey. A journey has a beginning, has a middle, and has an end. The hardest part of the journey is not the beginning, and it's not the end. The hardest part of the journey is the middle of the journey, the middle mile. Because there is enthusiasm at the beginning of the journey, you're starting a new year. There is just excitement. You've written down your goals. You're like, oh my God, this year, this will happen. That will happen. You became a Christian and then you are so excited. You know, I remember when I became a Christian, I would run around to pray for people to get well. And they were getting well. There was just so much excitement. At every beginning of a journey, there is enthusiasm and it drives the person. Toward the end of the journey, you're already seeing the end of it and you're excited. You're full of joy because there is light at the end of the tunnel. So you're not, you're not agitated. But in the middle, it's where the problem is. That is where if you do not have enough fuel, 
you are going to definitely not make it to your destination. And most of us are at the middle part of our journey in life. But no matter where you are, either at the beginning, at the middle, or at the end, something is required, and that is fear. Without that, it is impossible to make it to your destination. Elijah had enough fuel. He was supercharged in chapter 17 and 18, but in chapter 19, he ran out of fuel. It took an angel to feed him for him to keep going. He would have ended it all there. The journey would have ended. A powerful, powerful journey. When you embark on a car, or on a journey with a car, no matter how beautiful the car is, without fuel, without energy, that car cannot move. Whatever the car is, it can be the best Bentley or the best Porsche or whatever it is that is the most beautiful car. Without energy, whatever the form of the energy is, whether it's fuel or gas or electricity, that car is useless. That car will not go on that journey. So there has to be fuel to ensure that our journey is moving. And if the journey is long, you will need to refill over time, no matter what car it is. Our life is very similar. We need fuel to move at each point. We must constantly refuel to keep going. In the past eight months, we've been through a lot. The world has been through a lot. A lot has been going on. And it takes someone who has enough feel to keep going. What then is feel? Feel is the enabling grace of God to do life. Feel is that power of God that enables a person to do life, to live life, to get to their destination. Without that, it is impossible to make it to the destination. There's a scripture that fascinates me so much. Micah chapter 3 verse 8. The confession of the prophet is just amazing. Micah 3 verse 8. He said, but truly, truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob his transgressions and to Israel his sin. In other words, without this power, I'm not able to get these things done. But truly, guys, I am full of power. I can go to kings and I will make declarations. But truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, the Bible says, The people who know their God shall, do, shall be strong and do exploits. Exploit is as a result of the existence of feel in the person's life. Without feel, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, you cannot do exploits. It takes the grace of God, the enabling power of God to fulfill your purpose on earth, to fulfill your destiny on earth. Fuel enables us to do life. Now there is the good fuel and there is also the bad fuel. 
I remember one day I, I, I was driving and then I decided to buy fuel on someone Lake Road and then I stopped and I, and I bought fuel, I was excited, you know, probably filled my tank and then I was about to go home. And then I started moving. After some time, the car started jerking. I was wondering what's going on. It stopped moving. I was like, today's today. And then I was wondering what he refused to start. Nothing I could do. So I got someone to check it. And they looked at me and said, you bought bad fuel. And it took the guy to drain the entire fuel from the car. He had to drop the tank. Drain the entire fuel. Got another fuel in order for that car to move. If not, I would never have gotten home that evening. It wasn't funny at all. So there is the bad feel and there is the good feel. The Bible says in John 1.12, it says, As many as receive him, to them he gave power to become the children of God. In other words, to become a Christian, you have to have the right kind of feel. So if at any point in your life you've not said yes to Jesus, you're not born again, you've not accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you are running on a bad field. Destination is far from you. So there has to be a point, no matter how good you are, no matter how wonderful family you came from, whether your parents are pastors, your vehicle can be the best Porsche on the street, no matter what it is, you cannot move without the right fuel. You need the power of God to enable you to live. So this is a call for anyone who is not yet there yet. You are still, you're not a Christian yet. You've not made that decision. This will be a great time to do it. If you have fuel, then there is necessity also to keep refueling. For everyone who has fuel, there is a good news. The good news is that God has made available 24-7 filling stations for his people. That's the good news. So there is, there, there is no scarcity of filling stations. There is no scarcity of fuel for God's people. That's amazing. So there's no reason to even run empty. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, According to his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So there is existence of feel. It is sufficient. More than you need. And God said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So no matter what is going on around you, there is enough feel. This is good news. This is a great news. There is sufficient feel available for our journey and we need to constantly, constantly refill and never run empty. Everyone say refill. You may ask, how do I know when I'm running empty? As Christians, we are supposed to be carriers of the kingdom of God. In Romans 14 verse 17, the Bible described the kingdom of God as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We are supposed to be carriers of these attributes. So when righteousness becomes scars, 
you need to refill. Unrighteousness is an indication that you are running low on fuel. You never used to lie. All of a sudden, lies start becoming a struggle. And then you're struggling even to, ah, what's going on? You say a word, you're not even sure if I have just said the truth or if I have lied. There's a problem somewhere. You know, there are people who, when they tell it, good morning, you're wondering, you need to look outside. Is it morning or is it afternoon or what, what time is it? You know, so when there becomes a struggle with sin, no matter what sin it is, we need to refill. That's an indication to refill. We are supposed to be carriers of peace. Everywhere we go, we carry peace. In Proverbs 14, in Proverbs 24, verse 10. Proverbs 24, verse 10. The scripture says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If on your day of adversity, you fail, you've been drained, your strength is small. Elijah was drained. And he needed to get refilled. At each point, we need to refill. There are times when you just don't feel like, like even to pray is a problem. Like to do anything is a problem. At those times, you need to refill. Especially in this season, there are people who even to start their business at the moment is a problem. To get back to work is a problem. It's just so much going on around them. It's time to refill. Say to your neighbor, it's time to refill. We are supposed to be carriers of joy. We are supposed to move with joy everywhere we go. So when joy starts lacking, there is an indication that we need to refill. That tells us immediately, it's time. It's time to start refilling immediately. Now you know why Pimo is always joyful every single time. We see him at 50 dance as if he's 21. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes his dance moves may not correspond to the rhythm of the song. <laughs> but hey, he's joyful. That's what matters. I've always thought about borrowing him my steps, but still thinking about it. This may be the last day I will preach here, so forgive me. <laughs> Joy is an evidence of a life that has fuel. We are supposed to be ministers of the gospel of God. When that becomes scarce, there is need to refill immediately. If you have not spoken to someone about Jesus in the last one month, you need to refill. Something is lacking. Everyone needs to refill. How do I know I'm running out of fuel? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. These elements must be there in each Christian's life. So when they begin to diminish, then there is a need to refill immediately. The spirit we carry is the spirit of power. It's the spirit of love. Is that love being expressed in your life at the moment? 
Is it as much as it's expressed six months ago as it's been expressed now? Or is it more or less? If it's going down, then there needs to be a refilling of that. And of sound mind. A mind that is not confused. A mind that even though the world is confused, this mind is stable. This mind knows the direction it's going. This mind stays with God. This is why Paul said to the Ephesians church in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. Ephesians 5 17. I want us to read that the New King James Version. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. To be able to have a thanksgiving heart or a heart that is just thankful you can do that without fear. It is not possible. In verse 17 and verse 18, we see Paul telling the Ephesians church, this is the people of God now, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. This letter was written to Christians, and he said to them, be filled with the Spirit. The interpretation of that, if you look at it from other translations, is is a continuous term. It's not something that you just do once. It's something that you have to constantly keep doing as often as possible. If in 20 years, 20 years ago, we were required to refill once a day, in today's world, you need to do that a lot more frequent because everything is draining around you. Everything. It says be filled with the Holy Spirit. When that happens, then you will observe that the person will start speaking psalms and hymns. And then there is songs from the person's heart, making melody in their heart to the Lord, giving thanks. Without these things, it is not possible. Without this feel, it is not possible for these things to exist. Even submission is an evidence of life or of feel existing. Hallelujah. How do I refill? I'm rounding off. How do I refill? Feel is activated when we pray. The Bible says in James 5 verse 16, I'll read the amplified version. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. So when we pray, when we are constantly praying, then we are releasing power in our own circle. No wonder why the scripture tells us, pray without season. It doesn't matter where you are, in the office. You know, that's sometimes some of the beauty of wearing a mask. Just get to a meeting and then everyone is talking and you're praying. And they're wondering why you're keeping quiet. But you're right there, actually not seeing your lips. So you're actually praying. And you're just speaking in tongues. So at the point when you now speak, they will know something is different from what he has just said. And I enjoy that when I wear my mask. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Believe me, he was not trying to be arrogant. He was telling the people, 
I am constantly refueling my tank. I am constantly recharging myself. He wasn't trying to be arrogant. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Everywhere I am, I'm speaking in tongues. When we pray in the spirit, when we pray constantly, we release power. We release fuel that it enables us to be who God created us to be. Fuel is activated when we declare the word of God. No wonder why David is one of my favorite persons in declaring the word of God. He will say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then when there is trouble, keep in mind, by the way, you know, sometimes when we read that scripture, we'll think he was writing that in when he was peaceful. No, 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 he wasn't. His life was in target. Just like Paul. Paul wrote most of his letters in prison. He was, and it's not like today's prison. It was a hole. That's where he wrote most of his letters. And Paul David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It wasn't because he was at peace. Trust me, he wasn't. His life was in danger. So when we declare the word of God, we release power around us. Fuel is activated when we worship. We saw that this morning while we were worshiping. There was just a release of the anointing of God. I hope you could sense that. God became present. He was called down. When we worship, we are refilling our tanks. Fuel is activated when we feed on the word of God. Without the intake of the word of God, we become spiritually weak and tired. We must constantly feed. I love the statement of Jeremiah in Jeremiah 15 verse 16. One of those prophets you just have to love. Jeremiah 15 says, Your words we have found, and I ate them. <laughs> and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words we have found. So he didn't say, oh, I'm carrying my Bible everywhere. You know, some people carry their Bible so that you know they are Christians. No, no, he's saying, no, 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 I'm not carrying it around. And it's not on the shelf or just on my phone. He says, I ate them. Are you feeding on the word of God? That's the way to refill. Fuel is activated when we lay it all down to God. When you surrender, when you open your channels and ask God to take control of your life, there's a release of fuel. I want us to rise up this morning. We're going to pray this morning. When we pray, when we worship, when we declare the word of God, there is an infilling of God. My brothers and sisters, fuel is available. If you're struggling with any element of sin or you're struggling with something, believe me, you don't have to because it's available. You don't have to. I want us to sing that song, Channels of My Spirit, open up. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.